Hey, sweet people, how's it going? Welcome to another episode of the Sweet Spot Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Zeus, and today I'm talking to LA-based musician Papa D. He is a multi-instrumentalist, he's a singer-songwriter, performer, um, he's a film music composer and an educator. And this is going to be a deep dive into the creative mind of a musician, of a very talented musician. He started playing music and composing when he was 12 years of age. Um, he works today in so many different fields and so many lines of work within the music industry. And his music itself is very versatile. He blends influences from jazz, blues, classical music, has a very big oeuvre of different styles and musical genres he does. So to me, it was very intriguing to talk to him about what the core of his musical understanding is, what his sweet spot in his creative career is. And we touched on a lot of things, mm, talked about creative processes, talked about music. And there are a lot of takeaways, not only for musicians, also for creatives. And again, as always, also for entrepreneurs in any field, I guess, because um, yeah, he's a solopreneur. Uh, technically i mean he's a uh, he's promoting himself he's managing himself and at the same time he's creating um, his music and his performances so it's a very interesting situation to be in to navigate this um, ambiguity of managing rationale um, career planning side of the whole music business and at the same time being uh, at the top of your game as a performer as a composer And I think uh, Dimitri uh, Papa D is navigating that really well. And we had a long chat about some parts and bits about music itself, going really deep into genres, the creative writing process. And then we do the zoom out and we talk about the industry and how he um, strategizes and, and kind of plans a career. So... This is a really cool episode if you're not only a music buff, but also interested in building a creative career and, yeah, being an entrepreneur in a creative sense. Other than that, you maybe have seen on social media or different websites that we did a big opening party here at the Mothership Studio, which hosts my uh, art studio and gallery and also a sweet spot studio. Um, and it was fantastic, I can tell you. Um, if you're interested in what happened, we had an amazing live DJ set by the techno legends U69, U96. Um, we hosted a little art show presented some of our works. We had a little preview screening of the uh, documentary we shot on our trip to LA this summer. And yeah, it's been full house and it's been a lot of fun. So um, you can check that out. Um, and if you're ever in Hamburg, you can see if there are some events happening here. Or you can just drop in into the Sweet Spot studio um, and we can talk about your brand, your creative processes and your purpose as an entrepreneur. But without further ado, please enjoy my talk to Dimitri, also known as Papa D. Welcome to The Sweet Side. This is The Sweet Spot Podcast with Mark Zeus, investigating entrepreneurship, purpose, and the creative life.
sweet people i'm happy he is with me here today please welcome dimitri hey how are you doing <laughs> hey i'm good i'm good how's it going perfect in hamburg but not as exciting because this is the evening this is your morning in la you're coming to us from los angeles california and you played a show last night how was that um that was great uh i've actually been playing um very very regularly on a daily basis almost so every night there will be something happening some nights i have even two or three shows kind of back to back and uh, they can be all sorts of things little performances or um small sets as a feature artist or my own own sets so it was pretty fun that is fantastic uh, where did you play uh we were playing at the sassafras saloon it's a It's a venue in uh, Hollywood, mm -hmm. um, very New Orleans inspired where they, they, they brought a house from Savannah, Georgia from the 1800s and they installed it within the bar. So it's a, it's a really, really good vibe. The whole thing looks like a saloon and others say it's haunted. It's just, <laughs> just a very nice, nice vibe. Yeah. And we play up on the balcony. So you see everybody. Perfect. Uh, kind of at the bar downstairs and you're up in the balcony almost like a rodeo or you know yeah, that sounds fantastic so yeah and you know what whenever i talk to a musician that's one of the first questions i have to ask um if you're not playing and we're gonna talk about your music of course a lot but what are you listening to right now what's your favorite album these days wow uh i i have to say this like that since I came back from New York in May. Uh, I've been really pretty much in Los Angeles for the last uh, four or five months, just um, creating momentum musically and uh, hitting all these open mics. I, I discovered a lot of folky artists because it's a lot of like singer, songwriter, guitar based playing. So through that, I kind of started going back to the roots and listening to all of these folky and, and singer songwriter, LA based mm -hmm. artists going back to, you know, late sixties and seventies and more fascinated, got fascinated by that sound. So, um, definitely a lot of, uh, artists like Jim Croce, Don McLean, um, just, albums albums like that uh gilbert o'sullivan you know just mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of that soft rock singer songwriter very heavy uh on lyrics and just and just study again all these beautiful stories how they're they're putting that stuff together but i do have i do have jim crotchy and uh, um don mclean lately on on the repeat I don't know. I feel I'm all over the place. I don't know. Just with all the kind of music stuff. That's perfect. I just shuffle things and um, Doobie Brothers. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> Doobie Brothers. Love yeah. it. <laughs> oh, it's, it's funny that you say um, singer-songwriter stuff. Because if I, I listen to a lot of your music um, over the last days um, for this interview, of course, and there's so much... Now, classical influences in there there's some blues but also um yeah yeah classically trained stuff and a lot of jazz and now you talk about such simple and um 
storytelling based music does that how does that resonate in you do you just pick out some things you love or this that i don't know do you enter a more simplistic country phase now what do you think happens if you listen to that kind of stuff wow well that's a great question i i feel i feel it's all very very much in phases mm -hmm. so so as a as a musician or an artist i i i, I kind of call them the periods you have the mm -hmm. period where you're writing a lot and that has branches to it you know you can be writing you can you can be more lyrically driven and be writing a lot of lyrics words or songs which i usually do during my travels i just get that inspiration when i when i travel i have uh just this this creative juices flowing more because i'm not in the house i'm just mm -hmm. out there and you know the nature the, during the travels so i just write a lot of the lyrics there and other times uh it might be more compositionally driven so um that's where all the classical inspiration or the jazz stuff just really instrumental music which for me is almost as a as a healing mm -hmm. process where i just sit on the piano and start with an idea and the recorder is always writing and this is more of a concept but i i managed to capture a lot of a lot of stuff just by setting an intention mm -hmm. and press and record and one of these things was the from the classical stuff that you probably listened being inspired by bach mm -hmm. by johann sebastian bach and just taking his his uh idea of you know the 24 preludes a uh, prelude and fugue that he had that he has um from all the keys major and minor doing the prelude and then the fugue i took that but i implemented um the 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 beauty and the the more uh lyrical and uh ballady sort of speak mm -hmm. tone that chopin has in his 24 preludes so i just came up with this concept and i started doing this series of books of books um that uh where i would just go you know from c major to c minor d flat major d flat minor all the way up to b and i would record that as a as a as a, as a flowing through uh composition and mm -hmm. some of these things turned out so beautiful that i had to come back and almost transcribe them but uh the whole experiment was to just capture uh just capture the improvisation with the thematic development and that's the, well, that's all instrumental music like you said you know yeah. but uh to to put it in in big categories like i said it's it's the, the process of um writing where when we write we are more on the <clears throat> writing side either uh lyrics or composition and then we have the more the more listening or learning process of it which which is periods where i don't necessarily write mm -hmm. that much other writer's block although i don't really believe in that i just believe that there is some times where i need i need to feed my my soul more with music and there's are times where i i listen to a lot of stuff i practice a lot this is where i would just practice classical music or just um trying to put the antennas outside so i can just bring all this information and i try not to really uh, merge these two periods together because i feel if i'm really in intentionally listening to a lot of rachmaninoff or a lot of schubert or stravinsky or a lot of jazz music 
And then I, I try to write right away. I feel that it's going to be too, too much mm -hmm. in my face mm -hmm. rather than kind of like let it sink in. And then it just becomes a part of me. And then the writing yeah. just happens almost magically. So yeah. it's, it's a beautiful process. Yeah, for sure. And uh, it's very beautifully put. I can, I can, well, musically, I, I, I can only relate a tiny bit. Um, but on a, on a, on a visual level or with visual arts i can completely relate it's like walking through an exhibition and you see like i don't know rothko images with all the colors or twombly with the simplicity and, and strength with one line and one color and you can compare it to that if you're full of that and you would go home and you would start sketching drawing it would yeah you, you didn't have time to sink in to become part of you to analyze maybe on an emotional level maybe on an intellectual level to analyze what makes it unique and what you can bring to it so i can i can relate a lot and i think a lot of people listening can relate too i think it's even the same with business you can come out of a i don't know business talk or conversation you could be super inspired but that doesn't mean that it works the same way for you for your company idea brand whatever so yeah I yeah totally no 100 100 perfect i mean we're in the midst of your creative process already so i have one more thing because you just mentioned it the other day i saw an interview with young ingwe malmstein i don't know if you know that guy he's this crazy yeah. heavy metal guitar player for all people listening if you don't know him, yeah. he's more hair than human and he's one of the fastest most heavy metal um guys in the world i guess and yeah, in this interview yeah. he said oh i never practice and i thought about this what you just said because you have a maybe on a on a creative level on a very intuitive level you have different phases of your process um, input output contemplation writing improvising But Ingrid Malmsteen said something along those lines. Oh, he never practices. He approaches every time he plugs in the guitar like a performance, like he's on stage. And he improvises a lot. And he talked about, like, especially in the guitar world, a lot of people repeat their solos, have certain phrases and licks they repeat. And he was like, no, no, I approach it like a concert all the time. And I was just, yeah, I was just curious what you think of that. Because your process sounds way more differentiated. Uh, well, I... Like, first of all, he's an incredible guitar player and he's at a level where he can, he can say these things and can get away with those things and have this level of expertise and skill where, um, I think it's just a, like a game, a game of words. And, and let me, let me elaborate on that. I, I, I am pretty sure he put thousands of hours to be able to play the way he was playing as a 18, 19 year old, starting with Alcatraz and, you know, all these other bands. And, uh, and then, um, was it like Ingvi Malmsteen's Rising or whatever that, 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 uh, the, that band he had where he had the best singers and really inspired by, uh, you know, the greater guitar players. I don't know. I think he, he got to a point where, It, then it's just a matter of realizations, like how, like why does he do what he does and what does he need to prove? And, you know, we can get caught up on technique and on trying to show off and yeah. demonstrating our skill set and stuff. But when that thing is used and utilized in a musical way, 
you understand that it's only there to complement and enhance whatever musical or creative idea you have already. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just, you're just able basically to think that, oh, if I need to play that, or I dream about playing that or visualize, or I think this song needs that, I have the technical ability mm -hmm. to present that, that tool. It's a tool, you know? And how did that work for me and made me shift my entire perspective is that instead of just sitting on the piano and not aimlessly, but just mm -hmm. practicing, you know, whatever that is, is scales, you know, is it, my chords and my all that kind of stuff that practiced i switched it to to the idea of creating a necessity because people change when there is a necessity they don't change the the the, the heart that to get a, a significant change there has to be a necessity and mm -hmm. people are easier to change out of necessity rather than uh just because one day they woke up and they're like i want to change you know yep. so somebody who wants to start you know working out it's going to be harder for them to be like just oh i just i'm going to start working out and just start going to the gym versus you know somebody telling me like hey you know you're you're obese you need to lose weight or you know yep. affect your health or something you know like not feeling good about how you look so i think the, the really the same thing is is for music mm -hmm. so for me personally when i when i flipped the coin and i i realized that i I need to write uh, a song and it needs to have these things. I just started working towards enhancing this lyrical ability mm -hmm. or uh, a word since, you know, English is not my first language, a word that I might need. I'm just going to go with that intuition and trying to pull up that word and see what that means, see if it fits. So it's a very uh, intuitive process where you're kind of working on it on, on the, on the spot. Um, then. Um, I, I always do want to have uh, uh, a general um, evolution and have that evolution be constant. Mm -hmm. So, but that that's that that's not practicing. Like if I sit and if I sit and you know read books and study other songwriters and poets and uh, all that kind of stuff, I'm not thinking I'm studying right now. I'm just I just really. I'm just really into that yeah. reading and, yeah. and and enhancing this ability. So it's at the back of my head always that enhancement mm -hmm. of the skill set. Now you know for piano and you know playing with the band, it's just really about getting getting the sound together, really putting the people together, and and making it sound good. And and all of these things that there might not have to do exactly with you sitting down and just working on your fingers all day, but they really, they really make the difference because you have to touch base in all of those little things to put together all of these elements and bring them together for, for the desired outcome. Yeah. So, so yeah, but I, I don't, I don't think about it. I'm going to sit down and, and, and practice. Yeah, of course not. You do what you love, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know what? You just said something, um, something very interesting, which I think applies to a lot of creative processes. I think uh, because you were talking about like English is not your first language, and you sometimes try out different things and you see if it fits and how it 
how it works. And I made the same experience. English is not my first language either. Um, still, I'm trying to host a podcast. I'm consulting people. I'm, I'm working, so to speak, also with the, with the uh, language. And to me, it was a big revelation that you're not um, you're not using the same blueprints you would compared to your native tongue. It's like you yeah. have to think about what you say and how you put it, and you suddenly you come up with different um, different sayings, different styles, different um, comparisons, even like verbal images you paint in in ideation sessions and whatever you do and you're suddenly no longer in your comfort zone but it also makes you yeah you, it's an, it's no muscle memory compared to an instrument you can just yeah get down to and play the same scales over and over if you want to improvise right you got to think of something new and it's the same thing i um i once talked to a musician who does that he changes instruments Uh, even changes to instrument he doesn't really have mastered yet, but it, the result will be different. It's all about melody and process and new patterns that come up. And it's the same with, let's say, painting. If you create new tools, I mean, it's always um, paint on canvas, but you can apply it with your hands, With you can shoot, color edit, you can do whatever. It doesn't have to be the classical brush. So I guess there yeah. is a real um, creative insight to say, okay, just use different tools and make yourself uncomfortable to try and get down new roads. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. I, like yeah, I that. think that's, that's, a, I think that's a beautiful, beautiful thing right there. And all the, all the mediums are, are connected in that mm -hmm. sense because they're based on the same principles. Uh, I, I really agree with you. Um, and funny enough, I like to make a lot of comparisons and draw inspiration Uh, for my music and how I, I go about the music process in general with painting. Yeah. And I always like to say that thing um, about the tools. So um, it's, it's the painter's mentality. And, and a very famous painter said, I want to say it was Bob Ross because we were watching him a lot <laughs> as kids in, yeah. in Greece, but you know, don't quote me on that, but like, basically the quote has it or the, you know, how I interpret it, uh, has it that, uh, when you have two, three colors only, you're going to paint with this three colors only, and you can have not, I want to say infinite combinations. Yeah. But you just change the proportion. You know, you have a little bit of this and a little bit of that, more of that, less of this, and you just, uh, make all these, uh, combinations, but you are still stuck to these three colors. Uh, they were saying the real beauty of options and possibilities is to be able to have the entire palette of colors and then go and choose these three colors. So the first thing has to do with necessity. You only have three colors, so you, you, you need to use these three colors because that's all you have. The second thing has to do with choice. Mm -hmm. You are choosing these three colors because you want to choose these three colors, not because this is the only three colors you have. Yeah. And once I understood that, um, like I would have people coming back to me after shows and be like, hey, this song is this and this song is that and reminds me of this. And um, like, how do you define your sound? Basically, you know, the same thing you asked me too. I, you, I see jazzy stuff and I see bluesy stuff and mm -hmm. classical And then we have the whole like singer songwriter and that branches to an all sorts of um, 
musical styles. And I realized it's because we, like I, I and like other artists as well, you know, we are equipped with all these tools. And then like, I am able to go and pull up this, this tools that every song might need but it's not going to be beyond my mm -hmm. abilities mm -hmm. like i might not be that great in indian music or uh more percussive and and latin uh based rhythmical based mm -hmm. styles uh i'm going to touch base on it but as as far as my knowledge and my skill set is going to go that's how far the music is mm -hmm. going to go so this is so this is where the practice quote unquote or or the skill set becomes important. You expand that, it becomes part of your palette, it becomes yep. part of your toolkit, yep. and then it's called upon you. Like somebody knowing how to draw with, with brushes, you know, but they really cannot do the stencil and the black and white and the shadowing. It's not that they don't want to, but they have to work that skill set in order to be able to go and pull that thing out of the palette. Yep. So it's just, to me, it's just a funny thing, man. It's just such a crazy, crazy crazy thing we're talking about expression but unless we having the ability to 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 pull that 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 tool and we're not really able to express ourselves yeah you want to write a song in french but you don't know french how the heck you're going to do that you're going to have to overcome the barrier exactly of needing to write a song in french and i'm, I'm going to say this and then you know we can deviate you know up to you but I was watching an interview by Johnny Mitchell the other day and yeah. she was she was so deep in the songwriting process that she was saying some of her songs take her years to write and when they asked her to elaborate on that she was saying that she has a few songs that the the the, the feel the feel of them the songwriting and how she she hears the 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 vocality mm -hmm. of the words it's a language that is not English. She hears stuff in Spanish and she hears stuff in Portuguese and she hears stuff in, in French. So, I mean, imagine what kind of crazy concept is that to be able to, to be that deep in this songwriting process where you hear, you hear uh, a song, but you hear it in French. And all of a sudden you understand that, wow, unless I work with a native French speaker or somebody who can write that for me, yeah. I have to learn French in order to be able to convey these ideas. And yeah. yeah, and I think that that's fascinating. I think this is exactly what I was telling you before, how people change out of necessity. Mm -hmm. and, and that would create instant and a way more effective result. At least for me, like I'm thinking, if I, if I ever came to that point where I need to write a song in French, yeah. I would really teach myself way faster than just be like, oh, I want to pick up a new language. What shall we do? Oh, maybe French sounds kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? 100%. So it's just, yeah. it's, just a, it's just a crazy, crazy, beautiful, beautiful thing. That yeah. idea of intention. Yeah, I really like that. And we can riff on that, definitely. I mean... Thinking about the sweet people listening, maybe not all of them are painters or musicians, but I think this goes for every discipline. Again, this is, I think, a nugget of wisdom that you can try and translate for different um, options. And I especially think this idea of uh, development and necessity 
um, it comes down often to um, to an openness. Let's say you were, of course, you're not Johnny Mitchell, or you're not um, you're not trained in this creative process. That let, let me say it like this: um, I believe that sometimes people get their calling and they're on the right path, and they get these ideas and these callings. And if, I don't know, if you're an unexperienced songwriter, let's say, and you get ideas for a Spanish, for a Spanish song, do you chase that down? Do you go down that road or do you not? And I think that can happen in other disciplines as well. Like you have a little tiny studio, startup idea, whatever. And then these ideas come to you. Hey, let's not do it like this. Let's go a completely different way. Like no other studio, like no other startup, whatever has done it before. And it takes a lot of, and I think this is sometimes what you have more freedom as an artist, maybe, and you have a different, um, different way to expand thinking sometimes compared to other jobs or other missions he chose for life but i think if you would follow that down there's a lot of of these callings or opportunities um but the way you handle them and the way you allow to um yeah intrude on your thinking and your creative process even i think that makes a big difference as well yeah uh well the way we have to think about that is uh that a lot of these art arts and artists and, and art forms are are very personal it's a very it's a very individual approach how i discovered it works for me best is when people ask me or people are being asked what are their musical influences so when you when you say like i have artists who you know really love johnny mitchell or really love uh uh you know um from pop artists to you know you name it all yeah. sorts of artists i think when you're at the young stage of your songwriting whether you're young or not let's just say in the immature first primitive stages of songwriting we have influences okay so the influences are very very direct i hear piano man i hear yeah. you You're looking for this resemblance. Oh, Billy Joel is a pianist. Billy Joel is a pianist and a singer. He has that song. Oh, it's a waltz. You know, and your the combination of your technical skill set and ability with your music, musical interpretation and how you perceive music, they come together and they create a little melting pot and you start to yeah. uh, identify all these things and you start writing like them. And when the process at the beginning is is immature and young, you will find yourself sounding uh, a bit a bit too similar mm -hmm. which is not a bad thing but it is not transcribing you know mm -hmm. like like this is this is coming from the jazz culture like when you when you you want to learn you know you're learning the trumpet and you want to pick up an instrument um you want to learn like a chet baker solo you touch you touch that solo you get a glimpse of the magic that this mm -hmm. artist created and that's how you learn the vocabulary so it's encouraged to to enhance this ability and just go there and transcribe and transcribe and listen and listen. And the same thing we kind of do with songwriting too, with different artists. What did they write? What are their stories about? What are they, what the chords are using? You just, you're studying the art of songwriting. Yeah. But when you go and write, you want to be able to detach all of that stuff and not, and not, not sound identical. Mm -hmm. So the way it changed for me, the whole game was 
by this diversity of all these songwriters. So when the, 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 the classical can meet jazz and swing and the New Orleans style can meet rock and funk and that's also spread, then that in combination of just writing, putting in the work and the volume, just generating material, material, I find that the more I do that, the closer I get to whatever that mm. Papa D sound mm. is, and that creates a unification. So Johnny Mitchell has her approach and every other artist has its approach. I think it's a very beautiful feeling to find this uh, resemblance with every artist. And it really fuels my creativity at least because you, you resonate with them. You just mm -hmm. get a glimpse of them. So if I'm watching this interview and I, I hear Johnny Mitchell and she's talking about her life and she's talking about how she's writing that song and, and through her, I get inspired to do the same. Yeah. I don't have to do it right away just because Johnny Mitchell mm -hmm. did it. But at some point when I write something and I'm gonna have that calling and I'm gonna think about it, I'm gonna say, man, this song could really sound great in Portuguese. And the time allows it and and it doesn't appear as a destruction, rather uh, as, a, as a creative outlet, then it's just gonna happen. Yeah. But, uh, but the, the, the one thing that one of my professors told me was to, to be a little careful with all the, all the, all the, all the well, uh, uh, the, all the influences that are around us. That's, I think that's kind of what you said when you started the question that, uh, we are at a point where just, uh, we can get distracted. So, um, so easily so if you're working on on a podcast and then you're thinking oh now i want to do this and then i want to do that and then i want to do that just to be a little just to be a little bit more more cautious and and careful to not overextend ourselves and and stretch ourselves thin mm. yeah 100%. so i just trying to find that thin balance between following a calling but at the same time understand that wow making a commitment to learn another language or making a commitment yeah. to learn another instrument. It is, yeah. it is a commitment and that's going to take away from other stuff you could be doing. So I'm always trying to uh, approach it in a very felt, felt way. Does it feel right? Is it the right time? Yeah. And um, yeah, as long as you put in the work, it's just transforms from one medium to the other. hundred percent. That's, that's exactly what I wanted to add. Yeah. I think because, As you said, I think the sweet spot between the going after your vision very, very, very strong and make it not make it a sprint at the same time and be playful and enjoy the trip. This reminds me of when I started to, you know, whenever I saw movies or heard music, I was so I was watching myself enjoying that. And I remember, let's say I was listening to music. And I was like, fuck, man, this sounds so good. This makes me want to cry. Why is that? I mean, I enjoyed it. But then like a moment later, I was like, 
I have to know what this is. I don't, I have to understand how this works. Or in movies like uh, jump scares. I was super scared. I watched, I loved to watch uh, horror movies when I was a kid. And I was like, damn, I know it's a movie. How am I so into this? I want to understand how that works in editing and, and, and writing. And I remember there was this thing, um, it's called Trugschluss in, in, in Germany. I think it's... Um, um, deceptive cadence or something like this when it sounds like you go full scale dum 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 and, and it's like you begin you come back to the beginning but you change from um uh, from uh, uh, dur to more major to minor you know something like this and it's like okay yeah well this sounds yeah, like deceptive. it's it's, it's you, you're back at where you began but it's now you're sad or now you're happy and it was always like this Damn, I gotta understand how that works, you know. And 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 to me, the the journey is always like this. Um, it captures your interest, your curiosity, and then if you take something like a okay, the nugget is deceptive cadence. I take that with me, and I enjoy the process, and now I can use it to make my my vision come true or something like this, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 No, I think it's I think it's a truly a beautiful thing. All these things you're you're able to do, and that deceptive cadence. That's That's you know one of the one of the first like structures in yeah. you know classical music and you know we were like in the 16th 17th century right before roman romanticism and um, you you have the, the the dominant chord basically the five that just um, resolves to the six which is the minor so but the the, the six and the 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 root the tonic basically yeah. the Pum, 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 you know, the resolution yes. that is that they are, they are the parallel major and minor. So C major will have the parallel minor, uh, the relative, the relative minor, sorry, mm -hmm. the relative minor will be the, uh, the relative key will be the, the key of A minor. Yeah. So when you go from the five to the six, you just achieve that thing. Now, this is the, the first, the first, you know, the most like basic in the scale of, mm -hmm. Uh, how you can create uh, emotions through the core changes on the on the pyramid, yeah. and then it just gets gets deeper. So that's where like knowledge mm -hmm. knowledge comes in. And I used to, I actually never never really geeked about that stuff. I think it's just a geeking that I did in my mind, mm -hmm. but I never I never showed off yeah. with that thing. Where, you know, I would write a song and somebody would approach me and be like, wow, that chord man on the bridge, you know, like all these, you know, like in the music communities, yeah, yeah. people just geeking around talking about course, that stuff. Yeah. And this is, this is, this is, this is part of my knowledge. Like I know all of these things, but to be able to put it in a musical way where yes. it honors the song, this was, this was the moneymaker for me. This was yeah. the game changer 100, 100. to really, to really be like, Hey, You can clutter that and you can shove a bunch of chords there. What do you want to say? What do you want to say? So it all, all comes down to that honoring, you know, I call it the muse. It's the, the inspirations. That's that, that divine alignment with something like ab above us where you get an idea for a painting or a, or a, or a, or something you, you need to say or write down and you just have to capture it. And then it's just that alignment mm -hmm. and, and through, through, through us, like as entities, it just flows out and, and becomes, and becomes reality. Because I mean, if you don't have that, what do you have? You just have a bunch 
of ideas just floating up there in the universe. Yes. And, and my friend put it in a beautiful way. He's like, every every idea you don't you don't write down every every dream you don't pursue every every um uh every just creative outlet that you just don't go for it it just kind of floats up there mm -hmm. in in the atmosphere and somebody else 100 grabs that that vibration and and makes something with it yep. so uh, and it's just so funny like if i'm sure you know if you um, look back into your life and think about times where you you wanted to do something and for some reason it, it hasn't happened. But man, that idea was was fire. You know, you were like drooling, just thinking about it. You're like, oh, it's going to be great. And then for some reason, it just wasn't captured, just didn't happen. And then one day mm -hmm. uh, you just, you just see it somewhere by somebody else. And you're like, wow, yeah, man, I thought about that. So uh, it's just it's just crazy how these things work, man. It's I think so crazy. too. I think so too. I mean, they're ideas and inspiration. They're children of our time, right? And of our culture and of the zeitgeist and everything else that's happening. And yeah, if you don't do it, someone else is gonna is gonna make it. But you know what, Dimitri? Before we dive even more into our creative process and everything. Um, I want to take one step back and I'm really interested. We talked so much about your, we heard you talk about your teachers, you studying, your music. I want to take sweet people back to where it all started. I mean, you make music since what, since you were 12 or something? Really, you started really early. And um, I wanted to know what was your, your first touch point with music and like your first when did you fall in love with music and what was your first instrument and maybe you can take us back to the whole beginning of your musical journey wow yeah it's uh it's definitely been a journey i mean <laughs> we you know we go through life and and the pace picks up and sometimes we forget to look back and looking back you can you can realize how how far one has come because we're so cluttered by looking where do we want to get where do we want to excuse me where do we want to get but we don't think um how far we've we've come and i think that's that's a beautiful thing whenever i have to pull up my my history book and look into the early days and where it all started and it did start Uh, it did start around that time when I was 12 years old. Um, I mean, I don't come from a music uh, family of musicians. Nobody in the family was, was a musician. My grandpa singing in church and uh, later my dad, but I think it was just more of a very musical family mm -hmm. in the sense that there was music in the house and my my mom was always singing and my grandparents would sing and It was just be around that we had music playing. And so I think I just always had it in the back of my head. Um, I I don't think I was so much music inclined rather than art and hyperactivity <laughs> inclined. Like I would just, I would just do things with my hands. I would have clay and paint things and just design things with clay and uh, just play with with that kind of stuff and just always had, I always had the idea of 
creating and I always had the idea of not following the the norms. So I like to build stuff but I would never look at the at the manual on how to build it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would I would just force myself to try and figure out how is it built by looking at the picture, which is kind of what we're talking about before you have a specific goal and you want to get there, mm-hmm. but I would put equal importance to to present myself with five six tools and be like, "Hey, how can I build this differently? What can I do that it's that is mine that is never done before, and that this this fun, fundamentals and foundations were imprinted to me. Like I just I just seem to really naturally be inclined to, you know, as a as a kid, not mm-hmm. before I even started music. So when the music came along, um, it was really just a matter of of. Uh, finding the stuff that I liked. And I do owe it, this is the funny story part, I do owe it to um, my mother's hairdresser. She, I just, like it's, it's a kind of an introduction there. Uh, but she, uh, she, she was, uh, she's the wife of one of the more prestigious pianists in Greece and the Balkans. And he was the artistic director mm-hmm at the the school in the hometown that I was raised and she, you know, my mom would get a haircut and she would take me there and I would just kind of work on things with my hands. And she saw the flexibility in my fingers and, and she just said one day, why don't you start him? Why don't you just start him on the piano? So, um, you know, for a, for a kid, if you want to go with classical music, even 12 years old is, is pretty, it's pretty, old you know like people mm-hmm. play since they were two three years old if you know you want to pursue a career as yeah. a as a as a concert pianist uh but regardless you know my mother my mother started me and i did the theory and i did all of that stuff and again you're starting at 12 years old you're kind of old quote unquote so they put me uh in the higher levels and and theory and all that kind of stuff and uh I had very supportive teachers um, where they came to a point where they were saying to me uh, or to my family, um, we're going to be there for him. Really, really, let's give him some time. Hopefully he's going to be able to go through with that. Um, And and, uh, funny enough, I caught up very, very quickly. And uh, the... The, the contrafact, the con- the contra, the contradictory in that story is that from that class of of people that we were learning together, you know, theory and the music notes and all that kind of stuff. I'm the only one that pursued a career in music professionally. So it's just sometimes you just you just never know. But it was it was an incredible experience for me to be thrown into the deep. Yeah, and. Um, and during that process, I really realized that I needed to, I needed to musically uh, do things my way. Like it was given, things were given to me where I would practice, you know, Mendelssohn. And I love Mendelssohn, you know, beautiful Schubert, you know, Schumann. Uh, but I would just get this piece and I just, at the time, might not like it so much. Or if I liked it, I would want to change it and make it my own. And that's, and that's you know, take it from a 13-year-old guy with, with barely any uh, knowledge of harmony or theory. Yeah. So you understand my ceiling there was so low. 
I knew basically the song, so I would just use my ear and my my understanding and change a note there or here, change the rhythm. So you understand how how it it exploded for me in a, in a world of possibilities. The better I was getting into the understanding of harmony and theory, but it was always it was always the writing process. Mm-hmm. It was always the writing process. I just happened to start with the piano, and I still say to this day, this is the love of my life. It always comes back to the piano, until other realizations start building upon me like realizing that i could sing mm-hmm. and have and have people who could point that out to me understand for me understand that i could sing a note and that note is actually that note that i wanted to be and then just be building on that building building and building on top of that but um it all it all comes down to the piano and it all comes down to the writing so to to conclude this um i i am very inspired by bill evans which is one of my favorite jazz pianists and pianists in general and they were asking him in one interview about uh the the material the vocabulary and he was saying that the vocabulary is is learned once the lick a phrase a chord when you learn something, you learn it once, then it is just a matter of applying to the new instrument. So if I need to learn, if I want to learn the trumpet, for example, the, the, the vocabulary that I have mm-hmm. through the piano or by singing or the rhythm or all these perceptions I have of music, I know them already. So whenever you start a new instrument, you never start from scratch. Yeah. The only thing you have to work through is the barrier between you and the, ex- the the technical ability of the instrument mm-hmm. so i can hear all these phrases and melodies in the trumpet but i have to be able to blow that horn and yeah. make it sound like a trumpet and not like somebody who's farting you know yeah, which is kind of usually what yeah. happens at the <laughs> yeah, at the beginning yeah, <laughs> which yeah. is usually what happens <laughs> so it's it's another it's another beautiful and really impactful lesson for me there to understand that i was i was overcoming a barrier every time i would pick up an instrument Mm -hmm. but all these things would really really work towards greater freedom and artistic expression yeah and that was the whole change of the game right there yeah i can imagine that's fantastic well and since you're 12, so many things happened. I mean, today you were a composer, singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist. Uh, you work as a solo, a piano performer, entertainer, film composer, and educator. So and I wondered, was that something, looking back, that you chose to be? Like um, a lot of creative people I talk to, they not only have one profession, they do great many things and oftentimes they inspire each other um sometimes it's just circumstance it happens um yeah and i just wondered where you are today is that something you consciously chose or did things just come to you how do you work with this it uh, it depends i used to think uh that you have to choose one thing and uh growing up 
in a small city, having people around me that were just really good at that one thing, mm -hmm. you know, this guy's a phenomenal guitar player. This guy's a phenomenal singer. This guy's a phenomenal drummer. And, and I, I, it took me many years to, to get rid of that mentality and understand that yeah. I, I was equally important as all of this element, if not more, because the glue, the glue, the, musical knowledge, the idea of being able to see something, see art in something. It's, it's just such a wider game. You, you breathe art. You are an artist all day. You don't, you don't turn it on and, yeah. and off. So yeah. I, I realized that the moment I embraced that individuality, that idea that I could actually be good at a lot of things and use these as artistic outlets, as different ways to express myself, I, I found incredible liberty. Mm -hmm. And I understand that that was my blessing. It's like you have a gift and then you, you, you try to suppress the gift um, instead of just embracing it. And the moment I embraced it, this is where the magic began. Mm -hmm. I just started to, to see things, see possibilities instead of seeing limitations. So instead of seeing ambiguity and indecisiveness, I saw endless options. And I choose to see it as a blessing, the fact that I can have songs in all these styles and I can, I can, I'm like, I'm able to hang in all these environments, you know, whether it comes to scoring or composing, or cause this is just a matter of skill set that allows me to express myself. Now, you know, that, that took a lot of, a lot of, a lot of work and a lot of work with myself and a lot of work, actual work that I put on these different instruments. You know, you just don't wake up one day and you know how to play the trumpet or you don't wake up one day and you have a thousand songs or like it just, it just accumulates all this work we put in, which to me, I don't even think about it. I just, I just do it because I have to do it. So the, 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 the matter of, of, options and uh, to to answer to to your question um let me let me get my let me get my thought together because because uh, you asked me about the the different different things that mm -hmm. I'm, I'm i'm doing right there um i i like to i like to think about it instead of choosing um by by something that chooses you or the process of elimination. So uh, things, um, you you do stuff, you just put yourself out there and you do stuff and you create and you realize that uh, certain things that you do really resonate with you. Certain things you do really resonate with the people outside. And ultimately, of course, we all want to, do certain things more than others, but we have to think also what, what, how do we bring, you know, bread on the table, you know, and how to, to pay our bills and all that kind of stuff. So within all this sphere of, of things that are happening, uh, certain, certain skill sets and abilities, uh, have allowed me to have these possibilities. So being able to teach, has been able right now to to provide me um, with 
more income at the time or gigging. Yeah. Uh, and then we also have the things that we ultimately want to do that we are working towards without blocking everything out of the way, but understanding the, the importance of, of where we're trying to go and how we're going to get there. Yeah. So I, I call it, you know, the leap of faith you're working or the escape mm -hmm. plan. You're just, you're just working towards that thing. So if I have a job that I work 60 hours a week and it's, you know, in America, that's not hard to do, you know, mm -hmm. like people work all day. I'm thinking, okay, we're working for that, but we're working for, for what reason? We're working, we're making money, okay, we're able to live. But after that, when you come home, this is when you start working towards, towards you know, the dream, the music. And I try to keep that ratio as, as low as possible, leaning towards the work I have to do. So, so this is the period of my life where I am now, where I'm really focused on the things that might not pay me now and don't pay me now the, the the way they have to or the way they deserve to but i am i am putting all that work yep. and 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 having faith that it will start working towards actually being able to provide me a living with that 100%. you know and i feel a lot of artists are getting uh are getting confused a little bit there they're thinking um, what do I need to do? Uh, maybe I can have a job and have a day job and get this financial stability and have music on the side. And I'm not judging that. Some of these people are some of the happiest people I met. Others do it just because they have to do it. It's, mm -hmm. it's for meditative purposes or for expression or for peace of mind. And others just do it fully, fully, fully professional, almost like automated, like like a machine, you know, mm -hmm. session players, which you guarantee that they're going to get there and they're going to get the gig done and they're yep. going to, and it's just, and then you just have the artists where that's when it gets vague, you know, artists think like, oh, I don't feel like writing today. It's, mm -hmm. and I, I, I have, I just have mixed feelings about that, Mark. Really, I just have yeah. max, max feelings about that because if I want to make a living as a musician and I, I, I'm calling this the escape plan, mm -hmm. how am I, and I'm, I'm not, if I'm willing to, to, to create this life for myself uh, and I don't want to have a nine to five job, just working all day, uh, that has to be substituted with something. So for me, if I say to myself, you know what, I don't want to have a nine to five job. It's not because I'm an arrogant prick and I'm mm -hmm. not going to, that this is below me. Yeah. It's no, nonetheless, it's because I, I, if, if I don't want to have a nine to five, I, I'll need to have a nine to nine sometimes. Like, you know, like a job, 100%. like, like yeah. a job of, of working on my own stuff, putting in all this work that it just, it just has to substitute with that and we have to do the work and it's it's just for me it's, it's second nature at this point like i don't even think about it i look back i look back and i just realize how much stuff has been achieved in this last few months just by doing the work yeah. and showing up just just by that i mean it's i'm i'm a huge advocate for that because i've seen it working in me Mm -hmm. it's not it's not 
a special thing. You know, we just do the work and then we're able to, to, to really achieve all these yeah. great, great things. Yeah. Well, so many, so many thoughts on this. Let me boil them down towards, um, towards I know, one, I'm sorry. one or two. No, 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 no. I'm it's, really it's taking perfect. you, I'm really taking you around. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, I love that. I love that. That's what I'm asking, man. Um, no, I just wondered like, like two things. Let me start with this. Um, the whole journey and the whole process of finding your way, finding your place, and also sometimes putting your <clears throat> creative vision and your talent and your skills uh, and also your ego in its place. Um, I think this is something everyone struggles with. Either if they have a spark of creativity, they have a, a great hobby, whatever, or they want to make it their profession. And I just believe, I mean, there's so much um, struggle and decision-making within you, but then again, it oftentimes comes to that one friend you have, that one mentor you have, or the people that surround you and the whole culture. And I wonder, because to me, um, going round and round Europe, um, going to the US and back again, um, there are so many different cultures that put different pressure points on you that have different expectations towards you. So I wonder, did, I don't know when you moved um, to the US from, from Greece and, but I wondered how you would, um, how much you would put weight on the surroundings or the culture you surround yourself with when it comes to those decisions. I think this is one of the most important um, parts uh, of, of, somebody achieving success, not in the society standards, but mm -hmm. success in a way that you define success. Uh, I do think the incubator, the preparation um, part is very, very important. And I am grateful that I was um, raised the way I was raised in an environment where um, the society is small and everybody knows everybody and I didn't have a lot of distractions. Uh, it allowed me a lot of time to go through my self discovery mm -hmm. undisturbed in a sense that you're not writing a song because you're thinking, Oh, what's the pop thing that's happening now? And how do they write music? And, you know, and like mm -hmm. LA culture is a lot like that. You have all sorts of melting pots It's a mega city with people from all over the place, all sorts of styles. But there is there is a lot of ne negative traits uh, to to the LA lifestyle and mm -hmm. uh, people being perceived as you know uh, shallow and not not engaging and not following up and that thing. Oh, let's get coffee and that coffee never comes. And, and transactions being very, and interactions being very transactional, mm -hmm. which in a sense I understand, you know, it's like a 20 million people, mega city, it's huge. It's really built on the small communities. You, if you live an hour away from me, we still, both of us live in Los Angeles area, but it's not, might not be that easy for, for us to, you know, be closer. So it's just like really, uh, really affects the taking time to, to be there for, for somebody and engage. And it takes effort for us to do that. But at the same time, uh, I, 
I like to think that that I, I believing in people and having faith in the people and having faith in the environment that you are. So uh, LA is really what you make of it, and I feel that there is a lot of that is a lot of great opportunities here. Uh, for you to grow just because the possibilities are there now nobody's gonna uh, do that for you you have to come and get it but yeah. for me moving out to america five years ago for school you know when i was in boston and i went to berkeley and did all my mm -hmm. studies there it's it's really berkeley again like like home in greece Berkeley is a little bit of a bigger incubator. Mm -hmm. It's just incubator with ho with holes. Like you, like you're still growing and trial and error and and doing all these things through the school. But at the same time, you have the small outlets just because you are in an environment where you can you can just take a bus and go to New York, and you're you're one step closer to this bigger world of opportunities europe is the same i mean you've traveled you understand what i mean it's really allowed me to to diversify myself and be able to culturally engage mm -hmm. with with other 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 people and just see them for what they are and and start to understand that i i am also appreciated for who i am and in biggest cities you really get to see that mm -hmm. uh versus in smaller communities where you know people might be more judgmental or uh it's not really uh appreciated or you know you're frowned upon if you're different yeah. and all that kind of stuff so for me i feel i was building all these qualities of myself of how how I was expressing myself and how I felt about the world and about the art and about all those things. And then I moved to America and then all of a sudden it was okay to be that. It mm -hmm. was just, it was okay to be that. So it's just, it's just embracing. But I, I really, really do believe the uh, environment is very important, but what's more important than that, it is, it's how, how are you prepared to immerse yourself in any environment mm -hmm. so and what i mean by that is that yeah we can succeed in an environment where there's more opportunities but you bring it to an introvert person uh they just get overwhelmed they burn out yeah. and they're like f this i'm out of los angeles because it's just too much for me yeah. so i i like to know that i have control of my life and and have control of the of the inputs so sometimes we cannot control really what's around us but we can control how we take it in mm -hmm. so so if i happened at that stage of my life to be in a smaller environment um giving up and uh uh pessimistic way to go about it is that oh i live in i live in a small city there's not that many things to do um I'm a failure, whatever. I'm not going to do that. I just, just talk down on yourself. But if you flip the coin, if you switch the equation and realize that, oh, I'm in an environment with not a lot of instructions, I can use that time yeah. to really, really, really get myself out of there. Do I want to get out of there, first of all? Am I at that place because I need to, I need to find inspiration? You know how people in huge cities just like decompose decompress and just go out in the mountains and so everything is intentional you know what i mean you yep. set this intention where you say i'm going to be out there and i'm going to create 
and I don't want these distractions. But then you come back to the city and you're like, wow, I need to do these opportunities now. I need to pursue these things. I'm going to push for it. So it, it is all just a matter of intention uh, and understanding that, you know, we're not trees. Nobody planted us there. You know, if you don't like living in Hamburg, you, you know, you can start pursuing and uh, a way to, to go to a place where yeah. might perhaps resonate more with you. But yeah, I completely, yeah, I completely agree with you on the matter that location is, is everything. Yeah. If you know what to make of it. Yeah. If you have the skills and the self-knowledge, how to, how to handle yourself and the surrounding. Yeah. Um, I want to, I want to travel again from the, from the outside in, um, As I mentioned before, I'm really, I'm really keen to understand what happens within your creative brain when you have an idea. We talked about different phases from um, training, improv, uh, taking things out, output phases. Um, and we touched a little bit upon um, just many stylistic forms you choose to put music out there. So I'm really wondering what happens when you either consciously sit down to write something or you just struck by inspiration. I really wonder what happens. How do you choose the form? Because you have very classical forms like preludes, uh, nocturnes, you have blues and pop and jazz influences. Um, yeah. And I'm really, I really want to, want to learn a little bit about your process. Um, what happens when you get an idea and inspiration? Okay. Well, the, the inspiration process, it, it really, it really, uh, the, the writing process really varies for me. I mean, inspiration is called inspiration for, for a reason, you know, something mm -hmm. gets called, called upon you and you just kind of follow that. I, I usually have a hunch. I have a feeling I, and I just kind of swirl around the different, Uh, needs and necessities that, that need to be taken care of at the time and trying to pursue that artistically. Um, the, the ones I cannot control and they are the most authentic ones that I'm not very much thinking about mm -hmm. are the, the more spontaneous ones where something is going to come to my head and it's going to be so strong that I, it's just one of those things that, you know, you wake up at, at the middle of the night and you just grab your phone and you just really write it down in your mm -hmm. notes. And I, I have these things from time to time and uh, they are beautiful, but this is more of a burst of something that happens that, that I would be a fool not to just capture it immediately. So uh, usually it's things that I, it's usually things that I conceptualize Uh, in a sense that I think, oh, I, I would like to make a classical album or mm -hmm. I am, I am feeling like playing something, uh, more fierce today and technical. And then I'm just going to make a book of etudes, you know, uh, like my, my technical studies or, uh, um, it's, it's that late of the hour and it's just the, the, set up at the house is so beautiful with you know the dark dim lights and the people i have i feel so grateful that i have my my baby grand in the in the living room in my studio and i can just you know wake up get out of bed and the piano is right there looking at me nice. always always ready so it's just uh 
it's I'm I'm always setting this intention. Uh, exactly how the music is gonna come out, I never know. Mm-hmm. What I know is is uh, is of a feeling, and what I know of is trust, trust in the writing process, uh, that alignment that I was telling you before. Mm-hmm. No judgment. Um, capturing almost in the spontaneity and then immerse myself to see that and be able to receive it and capture it in the most authentic and beautiful way. And I think that's why I work so much on my improvisation and on my technique and on my, on setting that mood. So, so I can, I can make all these doors open with the alignment. So when the, recording button starts everything is is there i said to myself that i'm not going to judge it i said to myself that is he has to have this sort of intentions and this is this is a process that has really really generated for me some Mm -hmm. very very beautiful music that i would have never captured other way and to bring it back to painting which i'm sure it's going to resonate with you so much it's again that idea of the blank canvas versus a canvas where you have an idea about it, you put a sketch maybe, mm-hmm. and then I'm just gonna go in and color it. Mm-hmm. But I know that these colors are gonna be maybe warm, maybe I'm going for playfulness. So it's just, you set a little bit of intention and then you trust the the, 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 the muse, you just trust the process that that your tools and your skill set is gonna go and yeah. communicate that in a, an artistic way. And again, that's one way. That's one way of of writing. Um, the travels, uh, as I mentioned before, have really, really been an incredible, an incredible outlet for me to create a lot of lyrics and generate a lot of material where I will, I will work on later mm-hmm. and um, makes make them songs. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, since you asked me about the classical stuff, that's why I said, this is pretty much the approach for all the instrumental stuff that I do when I score a film Mm -hmm. or, um, when I need to grab a song that I have already and rearrange it, maybe Mm -hmm. make an intro, just improvise on the song, you know, the cadence or the, the, um, the interlude or the introduction, um, the songwriting process is, is completely uh, the, the actual songwriting process is, is completely different. Actually. Okay. Can, can you tell us about that also? I'm really, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to collect as much uh, to also share with my audience, how people work with their inspiration and creativity. Cause it varies um, so to such a degree. It's, it's incredible. Fascinating. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for me, uh, the, the writing process when it comes to songwriting is really about putting the words and the music together. So I have different ways that I approach that, but uh, I do remember my composition teacher, you know, in Greece, like 18 years old and uh, asking me to write something avant-garde, you know, we're studying Bartok and Ligeti Mm -hmm. and um, all these, and I was not exposed to that. So I was really, really, really startled when I saw that and I was like, Wow, what kind of music what is that? that? You know, <laughs> so yeah. So he's he gave me something to write, and I came back with a little piece that sounded like Chopin. You know, and he told me he was kind of like powerful. You know, he said to me, 
uh, are you the bastard kid of Chopin? And I said, no. <laughs> and he's like, why, why do you write what, what Chopin wrote? Like, can't you, don't you want to write like you? And it was kind of harsh, you know, and it kind of stuck with me. But as we got to know each other and um, I would have him in classes up until I moved to America, before I moved to America, he told me one thing. He said, try it. When you write, write sometimes with your head, step away from the instrument and try to think before you write because your fingers remember. Now, I'm not saying I'm doing that the, all the time, mm -hmm. but I found a little way after a lot of thinking to implement that on my, on my songwriting process. So I would have my huge catalog of, of lyrics, just songs that are like unborn. They're just waiting to be, to become songs. And, uh, I would just feel the energy of one piece of paper. I would just pull out the paper and be like, okay, what's that song? And I, I would look at it and in the first five, 10 seconds. I would know if I want to move with it mm -hmm. or not. So I would just, I would just look at it and I might put it back or put another song and I will find one song in a little while that really resonates with me. And I say, okay, this song, we can do something with it. So I just sit in the couch or lay down and, and just look at it, read the lyrics, try and re-remember how I felt when I wrote that. And that's crazy. It's beautiful because you're going back on memory lane. Some of these songs I've written 10, 12 years ago, five years ago in America, in Sweden. In, that's why it's so impactful. Because yeah. when you look back on those lyrics, you really transport to the time and place that you wrote it, how you felt, how was I as a person, how did I look? Did I have a partner? Uh, was I in love? Was I miserable? Uh, was it a difficult time? Was it just a sketch time? You know, and I just, I just think about it now, even us talking and I, I have chills because uh, it really sparkles for me creativity because it's not a song that I wrote yesterday in Los Angeles yeah. with all these struggles, with all these things with it's, it's not so right here. I am able to go back and look the entirety. So yeah. I can look through all the experiences that I had since I wrote those words, but also the actual time that I wrote them and then choose to go with it or maybe not. Because you can look at a song from 10 years ago, but you know, you hated everything about what was going on 10 years ago. And you're like, you're like, F that man, I don't want it think about how yeah. it was 10 years ago so it's just again it's a matter of possibilities and i would just look at it and melodies will start to come in my mind probably rhythm <laughs> how do i want this song to to feel uh is it going to be you know starting kind of like majory and happily is it going to be intimate is it going to be groovy so all of these things are set as intentions and then uh maybe a chord <laughs> will come to my mind and I'm going to sit on the piano and trying to see if whatever I had in mind can be uh, printed on the piano or I need to make modifications. Mm -hmm. And then it's just a matter of trial and error. You play a sound, mm -hmm. you're like, oh, do we want that or do we scratch that? You know, do I like yeah. how it sounds or do I want to go with another way? And um, yeah, I miss that process, man. I mean, I, 
I really, really miss that process. I haven't sat down to write for almost two years. Oh, wow. That way, that yep. way to put the A and the B together. I mean, I've written with other artists, but as, as Papa D, I sit by myself to yep. sit down and, and create my little temple, my altar mm -hmm. and go mm -hmm. there and, and be safe. I, I haven't done that. And uh, I, 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 it builds this excitement for it, mm -hmm. but I took away the judgment for it. And I think this is why I'm still sane. <laughs> yeah. And I haven't, yeah. I haven't lost it because artists can add a lot of pressure to themselves. So they can add a lot of, uh, you know, the, they can call it writer's block. They can call it uh a burnout. They can call it all sorts of things and be like, why don't you write and just add so much weight on it. And it just not happening. Mm -hmm. But again, I am able to have to have that thing not happen to me because I, I have been doing that for 12, 13 years yeah. now, maybe even maybe 15 years yeah. actually, yeah. you know? So when you're doing that for 15 years, you have all this material. So for me, I am working yeah. on old material and you know, on the business side of it and the music business side of it and you know recording all these things that i've written already so i have material to keep me to keep me started and and, yeah. and busy and and uh so i got carried away with that just because at this point right now to me it seems that wow there's a lot of material that needs mm -hmm. to be shared with the world uh, uh and i would rather prioritize that now at mm -hmm. the moment rather than uh than writing another two three hundred songs you know <laughs> yeah. uh but but i know that it's it's a calling for me and mm -hmm. it's like a voice at the back of my head that gets louder and louder and louder and louder and i cannot wait i cannot wait to get back of it yeah. see because i cre i created that that environment for myself i cre created an environment where i don't judge mm -hmm. by saying what are you doing with your life you haven't written in two years and if i was away from my goals and if i was uh detached from all these things i'm doing and i wasn't working towards that higher uh success and acknowledgement mm -hmm. and sharing that music with the world all these voices would come from the back of my head and yeah. And, and tell me I'm not enough and I'm not worthy and say you haven't been writing and all that kind of stuff. But now that I understood that every morning, no matter what I am doing the work, the mind feels, the mind feels good. It's a matter of artistic expression. And when these voices come up and boil and boil and come up again, then I know that I will be excited to sit down and do that rather than look myself as as uh not enough you know what i mean it's just a I it's know, just it's yeah, all no, just I a know. matter of it's just a matter of words and you know trick tricksering ourselves to 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 understand you know if we are moving to the word that to the right direction or not 100%. and that's the whole power of manifestation yeah yeah 100 percent manifestation intention and um yeah, the way you hold yourself as a creative and your creative life. Um, I think this is, this is very important to hear for a lot of creatives, maybe even younger creatives or people that are just starting to explore their, um, artistic side, maybe. I need to ask one more thing about your, about your process because I haven't heard about this yet before. Is there, 
any influences from your heritage are there any greek influences in your music in your wow. in the art you do because i so far i couldn't listen to your whole catalog because you are a very busy man you have a whole spotify playlist with hundreds of songs of yourself uh, i couldn't listen to all yeah, of them. almost a thousand yeah <laughs> almost but, a but, thousand but, but um yeah i didn't find like classical um instruments or like the folk songs with um Yeah, like Byzantine music, Greek music, all that stuff. Like to me, I, I couldn't hear a lot of, of influence there. Do you think you 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 have that, or you're not in touch with that? So much? I I this is Mark. This is a beautiful question. Thank you. Thank you for asking that. Um, I really uh, cannot stress enough how important some of the Greek music is to me, but not in a way that I have to state that this is Greek music to mm -hmm. enhance my identity. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people are going to move to America and they're going to play Greek music because they're like, there's a community for that. And, you know, being a Greek in America, you're in a, in a sense, a little bit more exotic Mm -hmm. than American in America. That that's this that's 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 a universal like truth with like anybody that is going to another country. You're just you're just you know, just because there's not that sure. many of us. And this is so um for me it never had to do with that. It never had to do with the words because I I think gr Greek is Uh, one of the most beautiful and expressive languages in, mm -hmm. in poetry is a very deep language and, and, and I value that. And I always thought of that as an inspiration, using that in a way to inspire me to be able to translate, but not, not actually literally translate more like filter the, the, this word and the meaning and the, the pain, the longing, the things that I experienced that I could talk about longing and pain. Oh, sorry, my hair is flying away. Uh, like talk about this longing and this experience, but but more talk about it in a way um, that it, it resonates with me and I can find a way to express that in mm -hmm. English. Mm -hmm. Because I never had the intention to express myself in Greek, but in English, it was always resonating with me. Yeah. So English is definitely the language I, I am able to express. The beauty though comes from uh the, the the meaning of the songs mm -hmm. and usually the decades for me is the you know the rebetico the rebetico which is kind of like the, the blues mm -hmm. of of greece like 1920s 1910s the buzuki all these the small combos that were playing you know all this music about you know immigration mm -hmm. playing you know the music and you know in the in the ports and you know you're leaving and you're missing your loved ones and uh, um, love, love, but like love, not in a way that today's music yeah. describes love, like, like in, 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 in extremely beautiful and elaborate ways that, mm -hmm. that, that I have not the capacity of words to put into how beautiful these these things are and i think it resonates with me it used to not resonate as a as a teenager in greece you know you're getting all the trends you're like i want to move yeah. to america and you know greek music blah, you know yeah but after after moving away and having that homesick feeling missing mm -hmm. missing the family missing the places that i grew up missing the language um 
I understood a lot of that love was brought in by, funny enough, my grandparents. They're, they are the ones that were like really keeping it together because through them, I discovered a lot of these songs from 50s and 60s and 70s where there's really good quality music in every culture mm -hmm. in every country of the world. And when I go to other cultures to listen to the music, I will start with the 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 20s, 30s, 40s to the mm -hmm. 50s, 60s, 70s, these three de decades. And then I'll touch 80s and all that kind of stuff. Sure. But but if you're going regional, like with Cuban music or Puerto Rican music, uh, Brazilian music, and, you know, German music, Lithuanian music, yeah. uh, Spanish music, Italian, and then, you know, Asian countries and uh, Middle Eastern, all that kind of stuff, like Iranian, like you can see so many similarities. But I think... The two things that do gravitate me towards that element, which uh, it's a very hard thing to do to be able to express that in your music, um, is the fact that it sounds like it's not from 2023 mm -hmm. and the fact that it really creates this, uh, this longing, this longing feeling. Like, you know, when mm -hmm. we ever, if you ever felt like you're not, uh, like you were born in the wrong uh, times and all that kind of yeah. stuff where you think from your parents how it was in the 70s or the yeah. 60s or, you know, when it, so it's just that, that feeling. But uh, for the Greek songs, particularly, it's all, it's all for my grandparents, songs that my grandpa would sing to my grandma and I would hear them sing in the house and, and just bring tears to your eyes. So these create a very, very deep feeling for me that I will listen to it and I don't have to make that kind of music, but the, the more I listen to it, that, that, that feeling is, is molded through my, my artistic process and my yeah. writing process. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing. That's very nice. Thank, thank you for listening. Yeah. This, this one is, is truly one of the most beautiful questions. Uh, you, um you asked me today because it's really it's really from the heart you know yeah so yeah it's a piece of piece of heritage right yeah mm -hmm. well uh dimitri there are a million more questions but um i have three more three more for you uh to not expand this podcast too much but um i'm really i'm really wondering with with everything you do and um the different outlets you choose and the different the many many the, the variety of of the body of work you you have um i really wonder how you navigate this not just from the artistic but also from the i mean you touched a little bit on that but also from the um business or more more strategic perspective maybe you can get us a, a glimpse on how you as an artist as a musician navigate that how much room you give this this part of the journey if you say okay i want to manage and keep it in it boxed or do you really strategize do you say okay i need to focus more on classical because this is a trend what is happening in the industry um if you can give us a little brief overview how you manage and strategize yeah. on the business end of it yeah um i don't really listen to what is What is happening as a matter of um, a thing for me to do in order to 
uh, gain more attention or attraction or fame i i do i do follow my intuition and musical influences and try to um be open and 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 diverse i also like to work with what i have so if I'm dream if I'm dreaming of this swing big band album mark with 20 horns and and like that's that's a great thing and yeah. it can it can it can it can totally happen but but I cannot let the fact that I might not have um the 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 resources for something to de to discourage me from mm -hmm. from doing that and i am not i'm not gonna wait and be passive and think oh when i have the money to get that big band album that's gonna sound that way mm -hmm. so i i always i always like to work with what i have and to be able to 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 create with with what you have and follow that intuition i think it's the most um important skill that an artist can develop because there's no formula for that. I mean, people sell recipes out there and they say, do that and then do that and then do that. But at the end of the day, it's all just a learning process. You keep learning and learning. I try to stay open. I do spend time on social media, but I, I use that time for very, 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 very directed purposes. It's not just scrolling and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I found a lot of, I found a lot of my gigs through there. I found you through there, seeing the podcast yeah. with uh, my very good friend, Sam, and just understanding that there, there is more the idea of, of networking and seeing what happens then, how you can come together with yeah. the people, but also at the same time, maintain, you know, maintain your privacy and your sanity. So... <laughs> To be able to see it for what it is, but understand that, you know, when you see great successes in other people, to not think that you are less mm -hmm. or not, not, you know, beat yourself up and all that kind of stuff. Now, as far as the, the, the business side, you said, uh, for me, it's really about the time management mm -hmm. and what needs to be done. So I was always pretty organized, but uh, coming here now and starting to open all these different portals in which I extend myself. I realize, especially if you're handling everything by yourself, it can be quite stressful. So if I'm handling my, 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 my bookings and my press and I'm doing all my interviews and I'm doing all my, and I'm doing all my releases and I have to record the song, produce the song, makes master it, release it, do the artwork, handle all the distribution platforms. Um, then, you know, videography, recording of the shows, handle the, handle the YouTube channel. So you mm -hmm. can just have, you know, the videos where people can see you, um, handle the, 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 the booking and like the emails. It's just, it's something that really, really, uh, is, is at a point right now where I am to where it gets mildly overwhelming mm -hmm. if not handled properly. Yeah. So I, I do, I do believe that it takes a village and you need, you need a team of people and you need people there. And I thankfully have the support system of people where they're there for me. And 
uh, will show up at the shows and will support me and come to, you know, and will be part of my music and, you know, where it's rehearsal, where there is, you know, me being able to provide that as well for other artists, but, but people who are doing some of these things for you, I, I, I find that, uh, still not quite there yet. And because I believe that, uh, for me to be able to, you know, trust somebody to handle my YouTube, like, it's just, it's like, it's a, it's yeah. a lot of work and, yeah. you know, they need like access to like my videos. And so it's just, it's like, like I'm still doing the work, but then I'm giving it to somebody to do the work. So I'm just thinking, you know, I am at a point now where it's building up to a point where I can, I can still do all that work yeah. on my own. I just have to, I just have to set intentions. So I just, mm -hmm. I just try not to mix with it. I, when I, when I, when I rehearse, I rehearse. And yes. when I, and when I work on emails, I work on emails. And when I mix and master my songs and I finish them, it's just that part. Uh, so I'm just trying to keep, um, um, although it is multitasking, it doesn't really happen at the same mm -hmm. time. So I just yeah. trying to set chunks of time where I focus on these things individually. And lately, just cause it has really elevated my 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 presence on social media and and through that i got a lot more gigs and uh through the community of people just by going out and showing up and if i'm not playing a gig i'm going to a friend's gig because you know it's la and there's like 60 things happening every night um i managed to create this momentum so that's why uh this um uh, the 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 press and the the more business i call it business but it's not business it's just like mm -hmm, the, mm -hmm. the the external side of the music you know yeah. uh started to to gain a little bit more of my yeah. um uh my attention and uh again speaking of being in a location this is not stuff that i would pursue being in greece growing up in a city of thirty thousand people yeah. where you know there's no like there's mild press and there's five venues to play yep. and you go out and it's the same people you see so now for me having all those tools and having all those songs and all this material written already i understand that it's it's probably the best time for me to push this stuff that i have yep. um written already because the world doesn't doesn't know about it mm -hmm. it might seem to me oh i want that new song i want that new song but there's plenty of people out here in Los Angeles that are thoroughly enjoying the music that I have been making already. And that fuels me personally with insane amounts of energy. Yeah. We're talking about insane amounts of energy. So although it is work and sometimes it can be 16 hours a day work and it's constantly work, it never feels like work because mm -hmm. everything moves towards that greater that greater good yeah. bringing people together yeah. talking about art and and uh i don't know it really has transformed my life in a incredible incredible new height yeah yeah well that's a that's an interesting phase you're in um and it sounds like you have absolute the best um, set up for this and you're so much in control of it and you're so calm with it so maybe you have a little tip for all creators out there that sometimes get overwhelmed get stressed out lose maybe focus or track on things you talk a lot about intention 
and I hear you have a lot of focused time that you can really dive into one activity. So do you have some kind of tip on how to get that intentional focus? Is it music? Is it meditation? Is it weed? What is it, Dimitri? <laughs> how do you keep intention and focus? <laughs> do you say, is it weed? Uh, yeah, I'm asking. Oh, okay. No, no, no. I'm just curious because I just... <laughs> Look, there's... There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of formulas. I, again, it's again, since it's a game of words, I, I will pull up, uh, the great Ray Charles when he was asked an interview about, you know, drugs and all that kind of stuff that he was doing. And, and the interview asked him, what is your advice on, on, um, mm -hmm. on, uh, uh, younger artists who, you know, take substances. And since you were, heroin addict and all that kind of stuff. And what he said is that, uh, I don't, I don't like to give advice. I don't think I'm in a position to give advice. And he said, I just, I can tell you what I did and, uh, and what I didn't do. And hopefully that will inspire you. Yeah. Um, so in me being personally inspired by that, I can say that I, I say all these things and I share all these things with you because these are, my philosophies and these are the things that I, I go by and I try to go by and uh, I'd be dishonest to tell you that it's always like that. It's like we are humans. It's very, like it's very hard sometimes to, to keep doing that, but I'm, I'm sharing the, the ethics. Uh, so for whoever is listening to get that, to get that inspiration and set some, some, some sort of foundations to know that, Hey, there's, there's, uh, there's progress in that. If you do that, uh, it's not easy all the time and it's not consistent all the time. And I get, I get stressed all the time, but what I can say is that every time I get stressed and I deal with it, Every time I get overwhelmed with all these things that I have to be done and I deal with it, I understand a little bit more about myself yeah. and I understand a little bit more about how to, to navigate and, and deal with this situation. I don't want to say like I'm a workaholic because I think being a workaholic, I don't know, it always to me had a, not a negative meaning to it. It just seemed like. I just imagine this stressed person just like working, yeah, working, yeah. working, working, yeah. working. And, and I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not really, uh, impressed when I come across people who are like talking and they're like, Oh, I'm just busy and it's super busy and stuff. And like, I feel, I feel the times that I have to present it to somebody, I, I sound almost like I'm making an excuse just because I know myself. And I know that when I want to make time for somebody, I'm making that time. No excuses. You don't have to explain. So I just always got fascinated by the idea of just doing, doing the work. And that seemed to be the meditative part for mm -hmm. me. Um, uh, and the, the stress, the stress really comes from a point of, of knowing that I have to take care of, you know, 60 things. Uh, in a span of time and, uh, and you know, my, my, my fast paced brain is just thinking that, oh, that thing is still there. Why haven't you taken care of it and stuff? So I, I think the whole focal point comes to that, that balance, understand that, Hey, what needs to be done immediately? Uh, 
-hmm. what needs to be done uh what needs to be done during this week what needs to be done during this month and i know this is like pretty basic self-explanatory things but you really have to get yourself in a position where you have so many things to do that you really that again it's a necessity for you to really get your shit together mm -hmm. and get the, the schedule down so i really i really like to plan my day at night and i know every night before i go to sleep um the the huge chunk of the day what is it going to be and stuff and uh and taking little notes um throughout of what needs to be done because things always will come up things will always yeah. change so again it all it all comes down to organization but at the same time being flexible mm -hmm. so people don't freak out when oh we're supposed to meet with mark at like nine but i messed up the times and now i'm freaking out everything the whole schedule is ruined yeah, yeah, yeah. so just be always be always able to adapt and that thing applies to to everything that's why i i gain inspiration from life and apply it to music and i gain inspiration from music and the way I make music and art and all that kind of stuff and apply it to life. Yeah. That's why I'm saying that at the end of the day, it becomes one cohesive thing that, that it is, it's really, there's, there's no shortcut for that. So somebody who's just looking how to navigate these things and how to uh, take care of all this business, a lot of that kind of stuff will be experienced yep. along the, the journey. Yeah. And I, I really wish I had, you know, people um, share more of the things that I'm, I'm sharing now. I didn't have that opportunity, but at the same time, I'm not resentful about it right now. Yeah. I'm thinking that maybe I wasn't ready to receive mm -hmm. all this, all this information. And I had to bring myself to a certain point. And now that I am at that point, I, I feel there are so many more people sharing and inspiring me and uh and and pushing me um and uh again about elevating me to to greater heights where i can inspire others and i can be inspired by others and uh i think it's just a very beautiful thing that's fantastic thank you so much for sharing uh dimitri i have two questions i ask all my interview guests at the end of the podcast it's two quick simple okay. questions um the first one we talked about so much about inspiration and everything but i want maybe you can have one nugget one piece of inspiration that you enjoy right now and that you want to recommend to the sweet people to anyone listening is there something that really um yeah really puts a ding into the universe right now that you want to share with us uh any any sort of inspiration can be anything movies books um places people wow um actually i i i have to i have to think about that because um it it will be drawn from as small things as watching a little video that can be 30 seconds that just mm -hmm shares something that i might be needing to hear to to that one song that is going to play on the radio i think for the first time in my life inspiration is really coming from for myself from being able to be to be proud of of what i do and really 
being able to to be my greatest supporter rather than rather than judge me and right. and think that uh I'm not enough or because it's when when you do all of those things and and you push for all those things and those late nights and early mornings and long hours and and always trying to bring a good performance and trying to stay on top of it and push for the things that you really want to do um not everybody ever not always everybody's going to be next to you and um the idea of a burnout can happen there you can feel like you're alone you can feel like nobody understands you and all that kind of stuff so to be able to go through that and find inspiration and find passion and find energy find ways to generate energy even when you don't have to when i don't have all the time necessarily somebody next to me who can be like you be like hey you know dimitri just you got it man you know get it together or whatever just when when i don't have those things and i manage to bring myself up i think this is this is something that that really 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 helps me uh start finding self-love and start finding uh peace and and when you are like that you're peaceful you're it's it's almost like a shield you're like mm -hmm. you're like a sh like like you're walking with a shield you, you're grounded and 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 then you can just uh, radiate like a sun yep. you can radiate and people can 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 get that light from you rather than for me being clogged with insecurities and all that kind of stuff that i need to yeah and I need to be somebody next to somebody next to somebody who's glowing in order for me to get a little glimpse of that. Um, but, but yeah. And, and then I, I choose to see inspiration in people. I mean, I think people is the most important thing we have. They're around us. They can elevate our lives and create experiences with us and have, have people appreciate what I do or be able to see people who are they are and just get to know them yeah. um this is where i really 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 get inspired lately i get extremely inspired because yeah. i run into people that, that that do the same thing as i do that push for their dreams and they have a lot of stuff and and that that takes a little bit the the, the, the focal point from the me to the we mm -hmm. so you still mm -hmm. you know deal with your stuff and you still going through things no doubt about that but you understand that wow everybody's yeah. going yeah. through stuff and then we can just we can just all enhance each other's lives and uh, and that that's that's tangible you can touch it you know um yeah because inspiration is drawn by a lot of things you know by the books and the music and all that kind of stuff and i think i think that inspiration mainly gravitates me towards the music and the art point of it but people are our, our entities are just tangible entities mm -hmm. with with yeah. life and bre breath to them. So, I I have been lately really really inspired by by that. I appreciate that answer. Thank you. That's beautiful. I really enjoy that. And um, I don't want to add to that. That's that's a standalone perfect statement. My last question is this: um, What can we look forward to what is happening in la live shows releases videos whatever is happening please tell us about it where can we listen to more of papa d 
Wow. Uh, well, I am. I'm very, very excited actually to to be wrapping up this uh, year and for the beginning of the year. Um, I know that uh, there's not a lot of stuff uh, planned after um, the the beginning of the year, but uh, one thing that I'm very excited about is that I'm going on tour mm -hmm. for the first time. My first professional tour is not it's not Papa D music. I will be working with a, a cruise ship, and uh, uh, we will be actually leaving in. Uh, less than two weeks from here for rehearsals and then sailing from San Diego. And it's a, it's a gorgeous itinerary. We're going to Mexico and Hawaii and the Pacific islands and Australia and New Zealand and, wow. you know, Indonesia and just incredible places that I have never been and always dreamt of going. So, um, I would not have done that trip if it wasn't such an incredible opportunity for me to explore, see the world, get inspiration yeah. and, and write a lot of music during the, during the trip. Um, just cause of the incredible things that are happening in Los Angeles right now. And I know it won't settle in un unless I really set sail on the ship and realize that, wow, I'll be back in four months. Yeah. But uh, uh, LA, LA is going to be right here and it's going to be waiting for me when I come back in uh, April. It's going to be a very nice change of pace. And um, the, the time that I have now until I go on the, on the tour with the cruise and to close the year is to, um, I'm working on finishing all the albums that I have uh, recorded uh, for the remaining of the year, which is uh, mainly a lot of live shows mm -hmm. that I have done uh, in Los Angeles and some studio recordings uh, and drawing inspiration from uh, uh, Bob Dylan, funny enough, and the band. Um, they had a studio album that they released that I was listening to on Spotify when I moved to Los Angeles uh, that was over 70 or 80 hours of music, which was the music that, which was all the little songs and demos they sketched out that summer of 1960 something uh, in a little basement in the Midwest where they just, they would just go there and have the recorder right all day and Bob Dylan would sit in with the band and, yeah. and just work wow. on the songs. And this is kind of similar that I've done. And I've gathered a lot of material through that, probably four or five hours of music with a band here in my house, Amazing. with microphones, with drums, with so it's just it's just a matter for me now to go through all that kind of stuff and finish all these recordings, master them, uh, do the artwork and uh, cue all these releases um, through April. So for the next month, there's going to be consistently music okay, being uploaded since. Uh, released, sorry, since I, I'm not going to have very service on the ship and all that kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. I want to focus more on the writing and, uh, and, uh, the, the bigger plans for the 2024 for the next year after I come back is, uh, is more, more traveling and touring, really establishing 
uh, the relationships I have in Los Angeles already where we can play more music and we can do all these shows and be part of more artists, which is an incredible thing that's happening already. Um, but uh, also to be able to to go on the road and start spending time in other cities and trying to find a way to build this beautiful sense of community that I have built here and got immersed to right here in Los Angeles to try and do that in other cities because there's a lot of wonderful people in Austin and in Nashville and in New York and San Francisco and Seattle that I had the privilege of, of traveling through all these years in America for, you know, for music and for all the other reasons that, that are, are there sharing their music, sharing their art with open mics, with shows. And, uh, I would, I would really like to, to do that. Fantastic. Have that be a very sporadic and traveling year the next Fantastic. year, but it's going to be full of music. It's going to be full of music. It's going to be, uh, full of, full of writing and full yeah. of incredible, incredible acquaintances with people. And, uh, I, I cannot wait for it. Actually, I'm very excited about fantastic, it. Fantastic, fantastic! Wow, Dimitri, uh, thank you so much for this um, for this insightful, fantastic interview. I wish you all the best for your fantastic travel. That sounds amazing. Traveling the world for four months, playing music, doing what you love, and we're gonna keep an eye out for you for new releases, for videos, for little traveling behind the scenes. So in a word, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your experience and your inspiration. And thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Mark. Thank you so much for having me. It was, it was very nice to sit and, and chat with you about all those things. And uh, it definitely didn't feel so much as an interview. Uh, it was very nice to sit and share um with another great individual uh just ideas and and knowledge and uh i'm i'm very grateful that we got to do that uh huge shout out to sam stokes for for um yes. sharing sharing you in uh her socials and and seeing that you guys sat down and had that conversation together and uh i'm i'm very much looking forward to to the to the future Thanks so much, Dimitri. I hope you'll be back on the show and um, I hope we get to meet in person one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. That would be amazing. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye. Whew, sweet people. Another fantastic interview, I have to say. Um, I was really interested in talking to, to Dimitri because um, I have a big passion for music, uh, but I never pursued it as a career. And he chose his very own path in that. He's a very talented musician. He can play different genres, classic, jazz, pop, singer-songwriter, blues stuff. Um, and I really appreciate it to have the guts as a performer, as an artist, to choose not to choose to say okay i can play these different genres and i will i'm going to release a classical album with preludes i'm going to do a classical guitar track or piano album uh, and then i do a whole solely bluesy album so you're not sticking to one genre you 
challenge your audience in that sense. And I really think that's uh, that speaks for a lot of integrity as an artist and also a very clear idea of who you are and who you want to be as a brand. And this is something if we come come back full circle to what I do with the Sweet Spot Studio, if I talk to entrepreneurs or brand owners, um, the decision of what your brand is going to be all about is basically the same questions you have to ask yourself whether you're an entrepreneur or you're a musician or a musical performer and you can challenge your audience and you can say hey we're a more complex brand than others there's of course um, one product brands and they have a very straightforward very simple approach also as a musician you can say okay i only do singer songwriter stuff i only do thrash metal whatever um, and then there are yeah, multi-instrumentalists and educators and creative people like Dimitri that choose to build a more complex brand, which has a lot of potential and also a lot of challenges to face. Because if you see him one night uh, performing some classical music and you uh, want to see him the next time and then he does some funky, sweaty, blue stuff, um, it's a very different approach. And um, I enjoy that. I enjoy if brands are also personal brands and artist brands um, dare to be more complex yeah so that was very inspiring and I enjoyed that when I asked him about the Greek heritage he seemed genuinely happy about that question and this is to me personally always a big win if I can if I can talk to people that get interviewed a lot and they don't give their usual answers or they can can answer without thinking which of course is is always valuable and always great insight but if you have to if you can make them stop and think for a second or if you can surprise them with a question i always feel like you touch new ground and it's also going to be fun for the people i talk to to do the interview and it's not just going to be promotion or chitter chatter anyway sweet people thanks for watching thanks for listening wherever you get this um if you want to learn more about brand building, about design, about uh, producing your own media products, such as this podcast, video series, um, whatever it is you have in mind, um, feel free to reach out to me on uh, sweetspot.studio or on one of my socials. So maybe we can find your sweet spot together. Anyway, we'll be back in two weeks with another interview or a deep dive um, on some kind of design case study until then stay sweet stay safe and i see you on the other side this podcast is produced by sweet spot studio new episodes each week wherever you listen to your podcasts if you enjoyed the show leave a rating and subscribe to never miss an episode find out more at sweetspot-studio.com